in John chapter 3, verse 3. Now, what was happening in this particular verse of Scripture was a certain guy, he was very rich and notable in society. He came to Jesus to ask him a certain question. Now, he had asked Jesus, I mean, he was um, telling Jesus who he has seen Jesus to be. You sure are not an ordinary man. You are definitely sent from God. You know, I've seen the kind of things you do. They are not ordinary. And no man can do these kind of miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered in verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, what was Jesus saying to this guy? He was saying, except a man be born again. That was the first time this term, born again, appeared in the Bible. Now, it was not the traditional Bible term. It was a term that was used in his days, in the days that Jesus lived in, in the same day that Nicodemus lived in. So Jesus was using a term that was not out of the ordinary. And he expected Nicodemus to understand what he was saying, at least the terminologies. Now, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot understand the things of the kingdom. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was wondering, what is he talking about? I thought he should be talking some very high spiritual thing. Be talking, I mean, I need to understand. I'm telling him about who I see him to be. And I thought he was going to speak along certain lines. He says, what, what are you talking about? A man being born again. How can a man, you didn't say, you didn't even say a child being born again. You said a man being born again. How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? How do you mean? Jesus answered in verse 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus was explaining further what it is to be born again. In verse 6, he says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, when a person is born of biological parents, of earthly parents, he is earthly. He is biological. He is ordinary because his parents are ordinary. He says, but when a person is born of the spirit, that person is not ordinary anymore. He is not flesh anymore. He is not human like his parents anymore. Now he is born of the spirit. He says he is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What was Jesus saying? Born of the spirit. Who is spirit? In John chapter 4 verse 24. Jesus 
was discussing with another woman, with a woman by the well. This woman was a Samaritan woman, a woman from Samaria. And in a, the discourse between Jesus and this woman, the woman was wondering, the way you are talking, I suspect that you are not an ordinary person. You've got to be a prophet of a sort. Could you please tell me? We've heard in all our days, in our growing up, that we should worship on this mountain. But you Jews, the Jews were different to the Samar Samaritans. At that time, the Samarians or, or Samaritans were, were people who were kind of misblood, mis Gentiles. Some of them had the Jewish background, uh, Jewish, you know, like half-half. But mostly their culture was um, of the Gentiles. Now, but, but they still believed in God, but they are missed. Now, the, 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 the Samarians or the Samaritans believed that they should worship God on this certain mountain. And, but they heard that the Jews said that in Jerusalem, they said, in Jerusalem, should people worship? And this woman was saying to Jesus, we heard that we should worship here. How come you Jews said we should worship? Worship should be done in Jerusalem. Jesus said, it doesn't matter where. In Jerusalem or in Samaria, wherever. It doesn't matter. He says, the reason is God is a spirit. God is not flesh. He is not ordinary. He is a spirit. And anyone that will worship God, God will worship God in spirit and in truth. In other words, God cannot be impressed by any carnal means. He cannot be impressed by any physical means. There is nothing in the physical world that is good enough to please God or to impress God. If you've got to impress God, it's got to be done in the spirit. And back to John chapter 3 verse 6. Jesus said, he that is born of the spirit is spirit. Wow. God is a spirit. That's what he said in John chapter 4 verse 24. God is a spirit. If you are born of God, you are a spirit. Anyone that is born of the spirit is spirit. Anyone that is born of God is actually born of the spirit. Because God is a spirit. And if you are born of the spirit, you are spirit. I mean, that is easy to understand. A man will give birth to a man child. Man don't give birth to dogs. And dogs don't give birth to man. Same thing. The spirit don't give birth to man. The man don't give birth to spirit. The man gives birth to man. And the spirit gives birth to spirit. He says, he that is born of the spirit, in verse 6, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, that which is born of the ordinary human being is an ordinary human being. And that which is born of the spirit, that's God, is spirit. I don't know how many people be comfortable when I say that which is born of the spirit with God is a spirit and is God. If you're not comfortable with that, relax. But this is what the scripture says. It says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> that which is born of the flesh, an ordinary human being, is an ordinary human being. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That excites me. To know that if I'm born of the spirit, I am spirit. Now, there's something that people need to understand. What is spirit? A lot of times the impression people have of the spirit robs them of the understanding of who God really is. And it further robs them of the understanding of who they are. John chapter 3 verse 8. It says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Don't forget, we have read Jesus himself saying in verse number 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, that which is born of the ordinary human being is an ordinary human being. But that which is born of the Spirit, that is God, is Spirit. And now in verse 8, he begins to explain to us what it means to be a Spirit. He says, the wind blows whither it listed. It is just blowing. Like where it chooses to blow. You can hear the sound. You can feel the wind. But you can't tell where it's coming from. You can't tell where it's going to. He said that is the life of everyone that is a Christian. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. You can't place them. You can't tell. You cannot fully understand them. Because they are Spirit. Ah. This is giving us an insight who the Spirit is. The Spirit... Now, a lot of times, when people think about God being a spirit, all they think about is an invisible person, or rather, an invisible being. And then their mind goes further, it begins to think about maybe a gaseous thing, something formless. You can't really describe it with any shape. And then when you read in Genesis chapter 1, where the Bible says, that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The picture that comes to their mind will be something like a smoke just hovering over the waters. You see, the picture you have of something tells of how much you understand that thing. For example, from wherever you are listening to me, if I say to you, a red bucket, a picture comes in your mind. Maybe a red plastic bucket comes in your mind. Possibly one with a handle. Because you have an understanding. You have seen a red bucket. So when I say a red bucket, a picture comes in your mind. Why? Because that's your understanding of the red bucket. If I say a red bucket, if a person that does not understand English, no picture comes in his mind because he doesn't know what I'm talking about. He doesn't understand me. That is what happens when we say God is a spirit and no good picture or a clear picture comes in the person's mind, then the person don't really understand God. If I say a pen, a different picture comes in your mind. Different to the one that comes to your mind when I say a bucket, a red bucket. If I say a car, another picture comes in your mind. Different to the other two pictures that were in your mind when I said a bucket. And when I said, a pain. Why are different pictures coming into your mind? Because you have the clear understanding of these things that I'm talking about. But if I say spirit, or if I say uh, uh, God is a spirit, and I say spirit, what's a spirit? If no clear picture comes to your mind, 
It's an indication that you don't understand who a spirit is. Now, you need to understand that it's not everything that is invisible that is a spirit. For example, the James viruses are invisible, but they are not spirits. So a spirit doesn't mean something that is invisible. Then what is a spirit? If you go back to that verse, verse number 8, it gives us an idea who the spirit is. He didn't say a spirit is something that you cannot see. But he used something that you cannot see to describe the spirit. He said the wind is blowing. You can't see the wind, but you know that there is wind there. You can feel it. You can hear the sound, but you just don't see it. But it doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. It's tangible. It's just that you're not seeing it. You and I know there are gases, for example. You breathe gases, and you know gas is like invisible. But when you go buy a cylinder of gas for barbecue, how do you know there is gas in it and it's not empty? You shake it. Am I correct? And when you shake it, it feels like there's some liquid inside. But it's supposed to be gas. When you release the pressure, it comes out gas. But it's been compressed. And so when it's heavily compressed, it turns into liquid. And you can feel the shaking of the liquid inside the bottle when you shake it. Are you with me? It's the same thing. The fact that you don't see that gas when it's let out doesn't mean it's not real. When you compress it, it comes into molecules that you can see the liquid form. And when liquid is subject unto necessary conditions like pressure, it could turn into solid. So the fact that we could not see didn't mean it's a spirit. Come on. Are you understanding what I'm teaching you? So a spirit is not necessarily what you don't see. But it's just from the description Jesus gave us in verse 8. He says, The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. He says, So is everyone that is born of the spirit. He's telling you what it is to be a spirit. A spirit is a person whose lifestyle is such that you cannot place it. You cannot easily put your hand on it. I'll give you an illustration. This will help you to understand. Imagine that you are in a car on a highway and the car you are in is parked by the roadside and another car is come past where you are and the car that is past where you are was driving at 110 kilometers per minute. You could see that a car passed, vim, but you cannot tell how many people are in that car. Am I correct? Imagine if it's running at 200 kilometers per hour. Wow. You will know a car passed. You will hear the sound, but you can't see who is in that car. Now, but let me give you another illustration. The fact that you didn't see people in that car didn't mean that there were not people in that car. You only knew that the car passed, and of course there are people in that car. They probably were singing or talking to themselves, but you could never hear what they were saying. Am I correct? Now, look at a different scenario. You are in this car, and the car is driving alongside with another car. 
like you start your own car and run along with the other car that is on the highway. While you are both on the highway driving alongside with the other car, even if you are driving 110 kilometers per hour, each of the cars, same speed, 110 kilometers, same speed, both cars, you could wind down the glass of your cars and look into the other car and see everybody that is in that car. You can count all of them. Tell us what dresses they are wearing. You could even communicate with them. Talk to them. Now you can see them. You can tell everything about them. Why? They are no longer invisible. Because you are operating at the same speed with them. So, what you don't see does not necessarily mean that's why it's a spirit. It is the functionality, the way it's operating that determines whether it's a spirit or not. When it operates at realms that is beyond your ordinary perception, that is how the spirit is. The spirit operates at realms that is beyond the ordinary. That's why Jesus said in verse 6, he said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, that which is born of the ordinary human being is ordinary human being. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the spirit being is actually a person that is operating at realms, at dimensions that is beyond the ordinary. That's why God is a spirit. God is not a spirit because he could not be seen. He's a spirit because he's operating at realms that is beyond the ordinary. And when a person becomes born of God, that is born of the spirit, he also is spirit. And he begins to operate at realms that is beyond the ordinary. Interestingly, that is God's original desire and design of man. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Image means he should have the same component like us. The same composition like us. He should have the same nature like us. He should be exactly like us. In other words, if you see man, you have seen God. He said, let us make man in our image. In other words, God created man a copy of him. And then he said, and after our likeness, in other words, he should function like us. God being a spirit, man also is a spirit. After the fall of man in the garden of Eden, because God had said to him, the day you eat of the fruit you shouldn't eat of, that day you shall surely die. Man ate of that fruit and he died as a spirit. He was now an ordinary human being, flesh. No longer spirit that he was created to be. But in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible said that the Christian is not just a person that was born. He is the handwork of God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. The first Adam was formed from the dust of the earth. But the second Adam in which we are, the one that we are created after, he says, for we are his workmanship. We are the workmanship of God Almighty, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. What does that mean? He is saying something very significant. To be created in something, I'll give you an illustration. You see, when you want to make certain things to look the same. For example, you want to make cups 
or cakes, let's say cake, you use a mold, you just put whatever it is, I don't know, dough or whatever you make cake from, you put it inside those little, little cups and you create some cupcakes out of it and they are all alike. Now, it's similar when you are making plastics or things like that. They create a mold. Now, what they used to make the mold is such that they want all the copies they are going to make to look like that first one that they used to make the mold. So they pour the new ones, all the other ones that they will make inside this mold, and then when they bring it out, it looks like the first one. They bring it out, it looks like the first one. They bring it out, it looks like the first one. It could never be half of the first one. It could never be a different shape. You make a mold of square, and then you, you pour your, your liquid into it to make another product. It can't come out to be pentagon. It can't come out to be triangle. It's got to be square. If, it's, if the original mold is round, all other copies you make are going to be round. So he's saying something to us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, We are God's workmanship, created, formed in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ Jesus. So when God was going to create the Christians, he didn't just create the Christians anyhow. He used Jesus as the mode for creating the Christians. So we are created in Christ Jesus. So when the Christian is born, he is not born from the old person. No, he is created anew. He's a new creature. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. If anybody becomes a Christian, everything about him is passed away. The guy you used to know is gone. He's old. He's dead. That one is gone. He says the one you see now is a brand new spirit that is inside that person that you are seeing. He says he is a new creature. And in Ephesians, he was telling us in chapter 2, verse 10, he says we were created in Christ Jesus. We were not just created anyhow. We were created in the in the same form as the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And if God be a spirit, being in the form of God, we are created in his image and after his likeness, using the same mode, we therefore are created spirit beings. He says in verse number 6, he says, whoever is born of this flesh is flesh. But the person that is born of the spirit is spirit. If we are born of God and God is a spirit, we are spirit. And he has explained to us, like I've done just previously, that a spirit does not necessarily mean a person that you can't see. It means a person that operates in dimensions that is beyond the ordinary comprehension. You can't understand how he does what he does. You can't understand how he says, the things he says, some, some of them can't make sense to the ordinary human being. For example, Jesus said to the Jews, he says, I am from above. From above? We know that you were born of, uh, is this not Jesus? For your information, the name Jesus was a common name used in his days. It's the Greek rendering of the same name called Yehoshua, which is the Hebrew name. It means Savior. And of course, you know, there's a guy that was called Joshua, the one that took over from Moses. 
So that name has been going on Joshua. Joshua is just that in the day Jesus was born in Greek. Greek was the common language spoken in the time Jesus was born in Israel. So Jesus was called Jesus simply like calling somebody Joshua. So they looked at him and said, ah, did he say he's, he's from above? Which above? Is this not Jesus? The son of Joseph the carpenter? And we know his brothers. Josie. And he says he's from above. Even his sister, his younger sister, is married to my cousin. And he's, ah, he says he's from, which above? Ah, this word, we, we hear anything that, some, some people go nuts and they think they are normal. <laughs> in Mark chapter 4 verses he says they, they, they even call him the carpenter which means Jesus took over the carpentry business from his dad when his dad passed on he took over the carpentry business and some of them took, took business to him could you make this furniture for me could you make this tool for me I need a chair I need my this feast and then here comes he's telling them that he's from above uh -uh. you were not born of a woman they could not understand what he was saying. Son of what? God? You? And if you say you are son of God, it means you are God. This is amazing. On an occasion, they even took up stones to stone him because he was speaking blasphemy in their sense. That is what a spirit is. A spirit speaks language that the ordinary human being cannot comprehend. He will speak English, but what he says is amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't conform with what we understand. That is why when a Christian comes out to say, I am born of God, I am not ordinary, they looked at you and say, eh. <laughs> and a Christian comes out to say, I could never be sick. They said, ah, this is another one. The other time he said he is born of God. Eh, are we not all born of God? And now he says he can't be sick. Ah. He says we could never be broke in his life. Ah, is there a human being that could never be broke? Doesn't matter how rich you are. Even someday, what's his name? Bill Gates could be broke. How can you say you can never be broke? They, they think that, they said, ah, look at him, look at him. The other time I asked him to give me a loan of five, uh, just $500. He couldn't give me, and he says he can't be broke. So, They cannot, but they, they look at you. You are not laughing. You are serious. You know, you know what you are saying. You are saying it again and again. I know that I can never be broke. They say, show me your account. Show, show, can, can I see your, which bank do you bank with? They say, come away. Can I see it? They look. They say, ah, you see what I mean? How much is there? $20. And you say you can't be broke. So their understanding is ordinary. The Bible says in verse 6, John chapter 3 verse, verse 6, he says, he that is born of the flesh is flesh. He that, it means he that is born of the ordinary human being is an ordinary human being. But he that is born of the spirit is spirit. When you see a Christian talk, he's talking a spirit language. He's speaking from the realms of the spirit. You cannot understand what he's saying, but what he's saying is true. Jesus says, I am from above. He looked at the Jews and said, you are from beneath. When he says they were from beneath, he didn't say they were from the earth. He says they were from beneath. Beneath means from hell. They were from the kingdom of darkness. And at some other time, he said to them, he says, you are of your father, the devil. And the works of your father will he do. Ah! They could not take what he was. As far as they were concerned, they were the seed of Abraham. They were the children of Abraham. You can't understand this. We are supposed to be Jews together. 
And he says he's from above. Something is wrong with this guy. At one time they said, didn't we say this guy's mad? We said it before. He had a demon. That's what they said. We said he had a demon. Brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian, you are not an ordinary human being. You are born of God who is a spirit, and therefore you are spirit. There is no reason the human being of the world should understand your language. If they understand you, then you don't even know who you are yet. Your words will locate you. Your actions will locate you. By the time you know who you are, by the time you understand who you are, and you discover yourself in the scriptures, you will live according to your nature. He that is born of God is God. He that is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Oh, you may look at yourself. Ah, me, Spirit. Ah, okay. Mm. Listen, you've got to take God's word for what God says it is. If God calls you a Spirit, God could never be a liar. Let all men be liar and let God be true. It doesn't matter what your parents told you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances tell you. What God says about you is what is true. You are not ordinary. You are not of the earth. Jesus says you are not of the world. Even though you are in the world, you are not of the world. You are from above. You are from God. And while you are on this earth, you live the life of a spirit. You discover who you are in what God has said about you and begin to function accordingly. The word of God said that I am a spirit and the spirit of God dwells in me. And if that spirit that dwells in me is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that spirit that was so powerful to raise the man that was dead from the dead, and that spirit is living in me, that spirit will give strength, vitality, health to my ordinary body. It will give Give hair to my body. There is no reason why I should be sick on this earth. The same spirit that raised a dead man that was supposed to be decaying, it raised him up. That spirit is in me. I am not yet dead. I should not be sick at all. First John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, if you read this, you may not have understood what is being talked about. But there is a colon after the word judgment. And when you see a colon, it suggests that what you are going to read afterwards could help you to understand what was said before the colon. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, who? As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Apostle John was writing to the church. He said, listen, relax. Our love is made perfect. He says, because we know something. That as he is in heaven today, so are we in this world. Now, I shared with you a few weeks ago that... We are carrying glory. Jesus said, that he was praying to the Father, he said, the glory you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one in themselves and one in me and with you. Now this glory Jesus carried every day, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. This same glory he carried every day. But he gave his disciples the 
privilege, the opportunity to see that glory radiate from inside him to the outside. One day, he took Peter, James, and John with him on the mountain. And the Bible said as he prayed, his countenance was changed. He was transfigured before them. And then light came out from inside to the outside. And he was so brilliant that they could not behold his face. But that glory he carried every day. The same thing happened to Moses when he came down from the mountain top. But the glory that Moses carried was on his face. The people saw his face and they fled. But Moses did not know that his face was shining. Brothers and sisters, you are carrying the same glory because Jesus said, I have given you the glory that the Father gave me. You are carrying that glory on the inside. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For as he is, so are we in this world. We are already as he is. It may not yet appear on the outside. It may not yet appear to the physical people. The ordinary human being may look at us and not see any difference. But we know that as he is in heaven, so are we in this earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we that be alive, and we, the Christians that be alive, we are also going to be caught up together with them in the, in the air, and we will be with the, with the Lord in heaven. Now, what was he talking about when he says, in a moment of time, he said, we shall be changed. Now, the word that was used there, we shall be changed, is the Greek word alasso. There's going to be such a quick change. He says the reason why that needs to happen is that the, this physical body we are carrying is not the body we will wear forever in heaven. He said there is going to be a a quick transformation. Now, when that quick transformation happened, brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean, hey, and now I understand, they will become spirit beings that cannot be seen. No, that's not true. We will still be tangible, but it now has a different, a, a different, now, Apostle Paul would describe it as a different glory. That is the celestial body. It was the body Jesus took up when he got up from the grave. When he was being raised from the grave, the Holy Spirit allassoed him. And he got up. The body was still physical. You could still he said to his disciples, touch me. Can you see? I am ordinary. Bring bread. Bring fish. I'll eat. And he ate food with them. So it was still the physical, ordinary human. I mean, not human, but it was still the physical, tangible. He said, touch me. You can it ask. Thomas, come on, put your hands in my, in my, the holes are there. Come on, come on, put your hands. You say you want to put your hands in my hole. Come on, put your hands there. Come on, come on, come on, put your hand here. Put your hand here. You say until you put your hand in my side, you will not believe. Come on, put your hand, because you have to believe. <laughs> so, with Jesus was not a ghost. He was not invisible. He was tangible. But he has been lassoed when he was raised from the dead. And it was that lassoed body that was levitated, that was lifted up in ascension. And he was taken to heaven. Brothers and sisters, the same thing is going to happen to you and I when the rapture hits. We will be lassoed in a moment of time. And then we are lifted up into heaven. That's what's going to happen to us. But that lasso is necessary only for the physical body. There is a change that is happening to our spirit being that is even more important than the alasso. What is that change? It's a kind of a metamorphosis that happens 
from time to time. We've been changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. The scripture says, but we all, with open face, behold as in a glass, like in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. As we put the word of God before us, and we are looking at the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says to us that what we see in there, we are actually seeing the glory of the Lord. Which means, yourself that you are seeing in there, you are the glory of God. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. What God says about you is true. You are actually carrying the glory of God. Irrespective of what you did last year. Irrespective of what your parents told you about your past the bible says that you are carrying the glory of god now as you look in the mirror as you behold the glory of god you yourself are being transformed into the very image that you are seeing you are seeing that god is awesome god is a spirit he could never be sick god is a spirit he could never be broke god is a spirit he could never fail in life god is a spirit is ever conquering god is a spirit is a victor every time as you look at that you begin to discover yourself that you are a spirit too you could never be broke you, you are a spirit you could never fail in life you are a spirit you could never be defeated you are a spirit you are made for life that's what happens to you as you look into the mirror you are being transformed you are being transformed into the same glory that you see in there and before long you discover you look at jesus when he appears on the final day there is no single difference between the spirit that jesus is and the spirit that you are because as he is today in heaven so are we in this world i'm going to pray for you if you are there listening to me, you are not yet a Christian, it is very simple to become a Christian. And it is your right. Because the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, that Jesus is the spirit that lights up every man that comes into this world. So he is the light of your life. And that light is available to you today. If you will accept him as your Lord, he lights up your life. And you will never be the same again. You will say this prayer after me, and then something happens in your life. You will pray after me now. God in heaven, I believe that Jesus died for me. And because he died for me, my sin nature is being removed from me. Today, I accept him as the Lord of my life. Thank you, God, for raising Jesus from the dead. And because you raised him from the dead, I am being justified. Thank you for the new life that I receive of you. Today, I declare, according to your word, that I am born of you. I am now born again. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen.